BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Six Sense. I'm Lucas, I got Jonathan here as my co-host, and as first-time guest, Chris is back! Yay! Welcome back, Chris, Woo! we missed you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. Ooh, wow. Wow, um, okay. Yeah, some... some... That, 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 I was not Jonathan expecting that. Harping some feelings. Um, Wait, I there. didn't give you a boo, I said woo. Oh, okay. Oh, it, so- it sounded like boo. It sounded to me like too. boo. I was like, wow. Yeah, it, no. it sounded like a boo. I was very confused. Uh, I, I was confused you just, why you guys. <laughs> you were just prepping yeah. for this first topic. I I understand. <laughs> no, I'm glad Chris is back. How how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys? We're doing all right. Missed you though. I yeah, for sure. You. I'm I'm excited to be back. This is going to be a great podcast. It it really. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's Lucas? just get into it. I'm sorry. I'm I'm dreading this, but I just it's like a Band-Aid. I just got to rip it off. We're going to first talk about because we didn't really talk about the NBA finals. Of course, for those that live under a rock, uh, Nikola Jokic led the Denver Nuggets to their first NBA championship in franchise history. And he also won finals MVP, lost the MVP finals MVP trophy at some point. Uh, did they ever find that, guys? Did you guys know? Yes. If they found, okay, they found I think it, it was okay. at the parade. 
Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about more particularly Jokic v. Joel versus Joel. And Chris, my first t- question for you, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, is has Jokic claimed the title of best center for certain as, with that championship? Um, yes. <laughs> no, no explanation. No. Um, no well, I mean, I Chris, I, this is your time. Come on. No explanation. I, I mean, I think I think Jokic explained himself pretty well while uh, Joel was sitting at home. So I, I don't really know what more evidence the general population needs. I think it's pretty much consensus at this one. I'll take it a step further. He's like, he's the best player in the world. So, Ooh, Ooh. Okay. I don't think that's like a hot take anymore. You know, I, it's, it's a, it's a, you know what? I, I will, I'll let Jonathan go first and then I'll give you my thoughts. I, look, best, pretty much the greatest offensive player, you know, like next to Steph of this generation, not as bad on defense as everyone thought he was. Had some pretty good defensive plays in those finals while uh, Joel was sitting at home again. So, um, uh, yeah, a lot of the, you know, a lot of he can't defend in the playoffs. A lot of, uh, you know, this and that. Turns out he can. So I, I don't want to say I was right this whole time. <laughs> As I was telling uh, John before the podcast, I don't want to be that guy. You're going to be that guy, though. I mean, I did warn everyone consistently that this was how things are going to play out. I'm, I just, I just, you know, I, I was right. It's fine. Cool. I would, uh, I'll defer my time to Chris if he wants to have some more. Wow. No, not, really? Not, not, <laughs> I was going to just because. <laughs> Chris hasn't been on if he wants to talk more. Honestly, I think Jokic has. I hate to talk about it, but, yeah, I mean, Jokic proved it with his performance throughout the entire playoffs. Average a triple-double was dominant. Uh, Most points, rebounds, assists, I think, of anyone in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, answer for me is yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't like it either. Um, But Joel hasn't gotten out of the second round. Jokic... When he has a healthy supporting cast, has gone pretty deep in the playoffs. Um, obviously, supporting cast is a big part for either one of the big men here. So there's that. But yeah, no, Jokic put, set some NBA Finals records, set some NBA playoff records. I mean, the guy's special. I mean, and you know what? He is, I will, I'm not going to say he's an elite defender, but he is not a negative on defense. He proved that in the playoffs. And he played against some really good competition. I mean, Bam's a little undersized, but, like, uh, Anthony Davis, and he had to face Rudy Gobert in the first round, which, uh, you know, Gobert looked pretty burnt uh, burnt out there. Just going to say that there, Chris. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, overall, like, Jokic. No love for your guy, DeAndre Ayton, who you said was better than Luka Doncic, if I remember. <laughs> I, I said that before the draft, before uh-huh. they played. and. I maintain the fact that he should probably get traded this offseason, but that's not mm-hmm. the point here. Okay. Wow. So, anyway. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, that's that's what I have to say about that. Moving on to my next question, though, Chris. What does Joel have to – okay, rephrase. Does Joel have to win a title to solidify his spot as a top center over Jokic moving forward? Uh, 
Well, you can't solidify something that doesn't exist in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of a strange way to phrase it. Um, like it's not even like in a liquid state right now. Oh, okay, Chris. Um, to over to overtake Jokic's <laughs> spot as best center. Okay, let's let's rephrase it like that. Um, yeah, I mean, he certainly has to win one, at least as far as you know resumes go. Until he wins one, there's really no one's going to be debating it at this point. Um, yeah, you know, I do we. Did you guys ever talk about those comments that Doc had about James and how he's easy oh, to defend oh in the yeah. playoffs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we I, talked about yeah. that. I honestly think, like, some of that kind of applies to Joel, too. Some of, like, oh, the same uh, general principles. Like, yeah. I think Joel has to get much better as a decision maker in the playoffs. He has to diversify his game a little bit. I, I mean... Like, just straight up, Jokic is miles better in multiple different facets on the offensive end. Joel's obviously brilliant. He's still a top-five player. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Jokic is pretty comfortably a tier above right now. And if Joel can get Philly to the promised land, then we can, you know, reconvene next summer and have a very joyous conversation. But until then, I really, you know, there's not much of an argument here. And frankly, even if Joel and the Sixers do win, that's not necessarily going to immediately vault him over Jokic. So he's got a long way to go. Yeah, I agree with Chris here. I mean, he absolutely has to win to even be in the conversation. I think he was in the conversation this year when Jokic hadn't won, and now it's pretty clear that Jokic can take his team and and be clearly can't in a Game 7 take over and, and make his teammates better. So... I think he's got to do it to even start the conversation. But as Chris said, honestly, even if he does, um, that doesn't mean that it automatically ha has him being the best. Yeah, I agree. I think it puts him back in the conversation. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it puts him back in the conversation. But I I don't necessarily agree that it will make it, put him above Jokic. I think if he beats Jokic in the finals then it would certainly put him above Jokic. But I, I think, you know, unless Joel wins, like, multiple titles and this was Jokic's only one, then, you know, it's it's going to be a hard argument to make. But Chris brought up something earlier that I want to touch back on real quick. Chris, you think that Jokic is the best player in the NBA, period. Mm -hmm. Jonathan, do you agree or disagree? On June 28, 2023, yeah, he is. Yeah. I mean... You know, I, I think him and Giannis are like in the same tier. It's like you can pick your poison, but I, I yeah, think. I, I think yeah, I would say that him and Giannis are like one A, one B, and I would probably, as of this moment, like Jonathan said, yeah, Jokic is ahead, but I mean they're one A, one B in my opinion. Um, he kind of does Jokic kind of give off like Tim Duncan vibes, like. A little underappreciated, but really dominant and really kind of quiet. Not like a, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like lunch pail to work kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. I almost said something that I'm not going to say because it would be completely ridiculous. But yeah. Well, okay. Well, was no, 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 no. Go ahead. Go. I'm yeah, not saying you, it. I, I don't. Don't I be a tease. I believe it. I'm not going to put it out into the world. Don't, so just, don't just well, say it. Just, not saying it. Just say, 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 just say something along the lines of, I'm thinking, but I can't 
say it for certain yet, but I'm not gonna I, say it because I yeah, don't. I know what it is. Chris is gonna say that Jokic is the best center of all time. That's what he's I was saying. gonna say something completely offhanded and a little bit ridiculous. I'm not gonna say it. Was okay. it what Jonathan just said? I I feel like it's what Jonathan it wasn't just said. exactly what Jonathan just said, but he's it in the right place. It was okay. pretty close. Well, okay, we'll talk. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it off air, but because Chris doesn't want to say it for the podcast, but we'll, uh, uh, Jonathan, we're going to find out afterwards. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, we can air it on the uh, Sunday podcast. Um, let's go to the <laughs> NBA draft a little bit. Uh, Sixers clearly didn't have a pick, as we all know, so it made the draft a little less interesting. There was um, speculation that they were going to buy into the second round, but that did not happen. So first, why don't we go there, Chris? Are you disappointed that the Sixers didn't slide back into the second round? No, because of the guys we're going to talk about, I you know I I have no problem with it. Okay, I I was a little disappointed. I, I you know I was looking at somebody like uh, Oscar Tishibwe, but you know at the same time, three uh, two way contract slots is pretty good to get some undrafted rookies, and I think they got somebody oh, else besides. That's the thing, them. like Oscar Shibway didn't even get drafted. Like they concerned I, him too. I know, I know. He's a former West Virginia guy before you went to Kentucky, so I, I always be cheering for the West Virginia guys. You know this. Side note: Eric Stevenson from West Virginia did make the summer league roster for San Antonio, but that's just my okay. little. That's my little thing some, there. He'll get some burn with uh, Wemby. But, yeah, let's bring Chris. The real reason we brought Chris back is because he's an undrafted free agent expert. And, yes. yeah, and we have four, I believe, or three. No, three. I, I, three. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't put the guy that they signed to in Exhibit 10 just because uh, I'm looking more guys that are realistically going to be on the roster in the fall, even right, as well, two-way guys. We got three undrafted players on two-way contracts. I am probably going to butcher some of these names, but Ricky Council the fourth is the first one. Then Azulas Tubelis, I think he's the Lithuanian, and Turquavian Smith. So those three were undrafted, and we signed them to two ways. Chris, thoughts on them? Um, Daryl Morey is my hero, and <laughs> God bless oh. him. Um, I had Ricky Council at like twenty fourth on my board. I thought he was like wow. a first round player. So wow. you don't really need to buy a second round pick if you're going to get a first round guy in, you know, as a free agent. Um, I had Turk Smith like 35. I, you know, I, they're both very good. Um, so I, I mean, like I had Dubelis like in the late 60s. He's less, less exciting, but still very good value for an undrafted free agent. Um, they all bring very appealing traits. Like Turk Smith is one of the best shooters microwave scoring guards in the draft just a crazy shot maker you know he's like six two with a 160 pound frame like he's got to get stronger to hold up on defense but the offense is pretty much ready to go um and then you know ricky council needs to get better as a shooter and a decision maker really a bit of a tunnel vision guy at times but just super explosive downhill. One of the best, like, at-rim perimeter guys. As, like, as far as perimeter guys finishing at the rim, there aren't many better than Council. So, he is, like, a very elite trait that I can see being built upon pretty credibly at the next level. 
both him and Smith feel like guys who can be like bench scorers for a very long time in the NBA. So I believe in those two guys quite a lot. They were my highest ranked undrafted free agents just in general. So uh, credit to Daryl Morey for getting two guys who should have been drafted like straight up. So that's why I'm not really upset about them not buying a second round pick because they didn't need to. They still got two borderline three guys who were worthy of being drafted. Fair enough. Fair enough. I've heard good things about Smith. Uh, Council, I've heard, is a little bit raw. But overall, I mean, I like the two pickups. Heard the the Lithuanian guy's not going to – he doesn't really have great mobility. Is is that true, Chris? Like, he's not really an athletic or mobile type of big man. He's just more or less a big body. Yeah, you know, he's got, like, some old-school post-scoring talent. He can pass. He's very skilled. But the the defensive concerns are pretty significant. So I I would – bet on him the least to like stick around in the NBA but um you know depending on what happens in free agency the Sixers could be looking for a new backup center here so it's not a terrible use of a two-way contract well Chris haven't you heard the rumors they're gonna bring the I I say this partially joking because it's not actually like hardcore rumors but when did you guys see the picture of their like draft boards and stuff that night I did. I couldn't read any yeah. of the names. Well, apparently somebody tried to unschool, like, un like try to read the, the stuff cipher. on the second, decipher mm-hmm. the second board, which had all the people who they expect to have on the team next year. And Philip Petrushev's name was on that board, oh. apparently. Heck yeah. So, so, so how would you feel about having Petrushev as your third string center? You can count him as the second round pick this year. Yeah, I'm ready. Bring you think he, I I don't know if he's is he mobile enough though? You know, big guys who can shoot. I'm I'm down with it. I, I don't know if know. he's I don't know if he's really that good of a shooter. Yeah, I I mean I I had you know, I think he's a potential rotation guy. Like he's definitely worth a look. You know, there's no like certain bets as far as second round draft and stash European mm-hmm. bigs go, but He's worth a look as like a third string center, like you said. It's can't get much worse than what Philly has had as third string centers go. So, um, yeah, better than like Montrezl Harrell or Dwayne Dedman, if I had to venture a guess. Uh, okay, so it's not on the agenda, but I have to ask: How surprised were you when you saw that Montrez opted out? Uh, not that surprised, because really, really, no. I mean, he probably wants to play somewhere. Yeah, probably He's not in like China. Play anywhere. Yeah, yeah, no, but not... he doesn't know that. I'm sure he has some measure of self confidence. You know, oh, a lot of these on. guys are a little keep... delusional. But 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 like but like, come on. If I I I don't think he's gonna get another NBA job. I think Believe. he's he's done. Belief in self. He doesn't have a relationship with Nick Nurse like he did with Doc. I don't know. You have to have people around you telling you you are not going to get another NBA job. It's a free two million. I think on. there's a very strong DeAndre Jordan got another job. Okay, like I think someone will sign him to a minimum contract somewhere. But DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan, yeah, is he better? Yeah, yeah. I think sure so. About that, he's better defensively, yes. and you Swim need defense. Yeah, not not by a lot, but it's it's enough. <laughs> 
NBA champion DeAndre Jordan, by the way. Um, <laughs> Kudos. By the way, he's not the only Sixer, former Sixer, that got a title this year. Yeah, that's right. Can you guys re- who, who's the other one? Ish. Ish, yes. Ish, Ish Smith. Smith. Good yes. for him because he's played on the most teams in the NBA history, I think. It's 13. Like 13. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. I'm happy for him. All right. Speaking of former Sixers, there's been trade speculation surrounding Tobias Harris, as I'm sure you guys know. And Tobias Harris does not want to become a former Sixer, or at least he's irritated by the notion of it. Because he, he's responded to some casual fans um, stating, uh, so I don't have the exact quote in front of me, uh, stating along the lines of, the casual fan wants to trade me for a crumble cookie. And, um, but they, but casual fans don't really realize what they, that, that they won't get fair value back a six foot nine forward that can shoot nearly 40% drive post up finish guard, uh, you know, the opposing team's top defender. Um, do you, do you think, was he right about his value? Do you think that they can get equal value back for him for the type of Chris, player can, that he is? Chris, can I take this one first? Yes, please. All right. So this was, this was wild. I mean, first off, you you dig deeper, you realize he's a spokesperson for crumble cookies. So great plug. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously <laughs> going to go viral. Uh, oh, it's already gone viral with ESPN. Yeah. He knew he knew what he was doing. Second, do you yeah. know the last person to call Sixers fans casual and like kind of use that dismissive term? Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. So if you think that Tobias didn't know that, that like I think he's smart enough to know what he was doing. So it is clearly a term of disrespect that Ben used disrespectfully. And Tobias absolutely went there too. Uh so But to be the, to, to be fair. The fans have been crapping on Tobias. Like, okay, fair. That is yeah. fair. You know, I am the biggest Tobias fan. I carry that flag forever. Oh, However, absolutely. Yeah. In this scenario, he was being so defensive. Like, just he was so defensive that it almost felt like one. He's like he's either saying this because he's just like so triggered and he wants to just be like, no, no, no. Like, I can do all this stuff. Or two, if he's delusional enough to believe that, like, to talk like he's incredible i mean you did say lucas all of the things he said besides guarding the opposing team's best player are valid yeah to like to like talk about yourself as if you are like an all-star when you're absolutely not is kind of crazy uh i understand that he's frustrated so like i totally get why he's mad in this scenario uh but i i don't know i just kind of thought it was ridiculous for him to go that far um, and also in terms of crumble cookies, I didn't find out what that was until February. So I must have been sleeping under a rock, but they are incredible. So, um, I mean, a half dozen, he might be gone. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I was going to say, I, I've only had one crumble cookie in my life, but it was pretty good. So <laughs> I've never had a crumble cookie, um, I am sad to say. It's worth it. And, you know, I, I don't know. I got to find it. I got to find a place near me that I live in the mountains, dude. I don't know where I can find them here. Yeah. Can you order them? Can you like order them offline? I don't, I don't know. Oh, no. I, I, I'm not an expert. Might have to ask Tobias. Um, <laughs> I, I might. I might. Um, you know, Tobias Harris is a role player making $39 million. So, uh, he might be overselling himself just a wee bit. Uh, you know, he's right. Like, 
he's a very good, competent player who brings a lot to the table for Philly. And if they trade him for a literal cookie, they would probably be losing in that trade. <laughs> trade for other competent NBA players, of which there are many, who can do some of those things like shoot threes and score around the basket and defend a little bit. Um, who are maybe making less than $39 million, or maybe you get two of them instead of just one for that price, uh, maybe the Sixers are not losers in that deal. So, um, yeah, you know, I I think Tobias, you know, to quote his father, is maybe not the, like, assassin scorer that his family believes him to be. And Tobias, you know, to be clear, has, you know, said that he's, comfortable and willing to embrace his like smaller role etc etc but yeah i i don't know man i i agree with you john i think he sounded a little bit defensive and i understand the frustration like hearing guys this isn't the first time he's been involved in trade rumors like this has been a pretty constant thing for him so i get like being a little bit fed up with it but um yeah you know he's not maybe quite as good as he's marketing himself to be, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think he's a little frustrated and maybe it's a ploy to get the Sixers to trade him because maybe he wants a bigger role. I mean, look, before he came to Sixers, he was doing pretty well with the Clippers and the Detroit before then. Now he, he's at the low. Uh, Brian Winhorse said that he's at the lowest usage rate since his rookie season. Like, for a guy that's used to scoring 17, 18 points per game for his career, that's not a fun situation to be in, for sure. Um, and just, like, I, the fans. The fans the fans can be brutal in Philly. I mean, everybody knows that that's here. Um, so I, I understand the frustration, but... Yeah, but, um, like, okay, the, the casual, he didn't have to throw that in. That, felt, that did feel a little disrespectful. Yeah. And for a guy who's, like, not again. Note, I'm not trying to get disrespect here, but like a glorified role player, like he's he's higher than a role player, but like a glorified role player, mm-hmm. he's made a quarter of a billion dollars and he's 30 years old. Like, I think you should just take it. Yeah, I mean, look, I if you can point me to a legitimate contender where Tobias is better than like the third or fourth option, you know, I'll eat my words, but this is the like general role that he would have to play with any good team if he wants to go to Washington and like fill up the stat sheet, you know, more power to him. But uh yeah, you know, it's like he's making thirty nine million dollars this year. It's the final mm-hmm. year of his deal. I, I think the Sixers would be very much within the realm of reason to explore his trade market. I yeah, I don't think it's uh, it's unreasonable. And look you're not going to you're not going to be able to what happens to Tobias this is the question that came in my head today what if you don't trade Tobias what's going to happen is he going to stay will, will he want to stay in Philly after this season if you don't trade him maybe maybe not but he's not getting the same payday that he's he's gotten this past time around so you have to consider like you know you know, you have to consider trading him just off the fact that you don't know if he's coming back. And these comments make it certain, seem like he's not sure if he wants to come back. So, who knows? So, while you guys yeah. were talking about Tobias, I, um, 
you know, I decided to add another section to our discussion because it's been a while, Chris. We missed you. And there's also free agency coming around just around the corner. Um, but before we get to that, I do want to ask one more thing. Is there a reasonable trade out there for Tobias? Like, let's like a team that would want Tobias and that that could send something valuable in return. Because I'm sure you guys heard the rumors about how Phoenix wanted Tobias, but they wanted the Sixers to you know, orchestrate a three team trade. And Daryl Morey was talking to teams about Tobias, but his asking price was apparently way too high. So, is there a reasonable trade that you guys can think of off your head that would make sense for Tobias? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think the most like substantial and real Tobias rumor was probably that he was like on a list of many names the Pacers were interested in. And, you know, I could see like a world where the Pacers trade like Buddy Heald and another contract and maybe get like Tobias and a couple second round picks or whatever from the Sixers. Like that kind of thing is totally reasonable and possible um yeah you know i i mean the sixers just aren't going to get a ton back for tobias like obviously if daryl Morey is actually asking for jared allen and evan mobley he's not doing that to actually negotiate he's like making a point that they're just not going to trade him unless the sixers can get actual value which maybe they can't in which case they'll just run it back because he is he is better than nothing and there are definitely worse outcomes than just keeping Tobias and running it back and building some level of continuity for once. So, um, yeah, there, there are reasonable trades out there. I, you know, dream scenario is is my my guy Caruso, but that's just not going to happen because he's better and the Bulls wouldn't do that. So, what about um, uh, packaging Tobias Maxi for Dame? Something around Tobias yeah, and like, Maxi. We yeah. don't have the draft draft capital to land Dame. Like that's a good player package. But we don't have the draft capital to pull that off. All right. Did you yeah. see, though, Windhorse on Get Up? I wrote a quick piece the other day on this. Windhorse, they were asking Windhorse if Portland or if Dane pressured Portland at all. And he said, Dane didn't pressure the 70. And then he's like, sorry, Dane didn't pressure the six. So, I mean, they didn't pressure the Trailblazers. He literally, like, implied twice. Like, he was definitely had Sixers on his mind. And he said it twice when he was trying to say Portland Trailblazers in the conversation with Dame. And it made me wonder, like, why did he do that? Like, it wasn't a slip-up once. Ah, it was like I see, I see what you did that. I see what you did there. Why would they do that? I see what you did there. Nice. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I, I Yeah, pull a little Windhorse meme. But seriously, like, why would he slip up twice when he's talking about Dame? Unless he has some knowledge that he's not allowed to share yet. Well, you know, it's like... Maybe he was thinking about the Sixers right beforehand, or they were going to talk about the Sixers later. Like, or maybe Joel was pressuring the Sixers Rudy. to get Dame. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Rudy and Slip. Just I, put my I, face, put my face on Windhorse doing the <laughs> "Why would they do this?" meme. And that's <laughs> I mean, look, you sent me a picture. I might just do it. Uh, no. Nah, um, I mean, or yeah, I, yeah. I mean, if you told me you're going to trade Tobias and, like, Maxi and Springer and every second-round pick ever for, like, Paul George or whatever, I could get behind it, maybe, but... Um, I couldn't. No, I, I this is Springer's year. I, I agree. I, but, yeah, I don't think you're going to get a star out of Tobias. Odds are. 
Nah, I I wouldn't trade Maxi for almost anybody to be honest. Definitely not somebody that's going to be 33 this year. Um, yeah. Right, that being well, so, yeah, John, let's go ahead and switch over to our next topic. Yeah, so actually we had a contributor write a great piece. Dalton Sell wrote a piece about predicting where each Philadelphia 76er free agent will play in 2023-2024. So highly recommend going to read that on the site. Um, it's some really good work. So we're just going to go through the free agents as well and give our prediction of where they're going to end up. So let's start. We'll go Chris and then Lucas. We'll start with Montrez because declined his player option. So where is he going to end up? All right. Top of the dome, gut instinct says he's he's going to go to the Clippers and not play. He's going to be in China. I I vote China as well. Um, <laughs> I, I we have Paul Reed here, but did Paul Reed before the podcast sign? Like, uh, no, they gave him they extended a qualifying offer to make him restricted. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so Paul uh, Reed. You as as uh, back here? John Hollinger of, of The Athletic noted, he's eligible for a five-year, $197 million extension. Um, that's probably <laughs> what the Sixers will pay him, of course. <laughs> so I, I think he's going to stick around. I, I agree. Maybe not for that number, but yeah, he's going to stick as a Sixer. I think he has a good thing going here. All right. How about Jalen McDaniels? You skipped, you skipped somebody. Oh, my boy. Shake Milton. Oh, Shake, Shake. Where is Shake going to go? Where is Philly going to go? I, mm, this is tough. Give me a second. Um, I'm letting it come to my head. The premonition is forming. Where is Shake going to go? I have a spot. Um, you give your spot first. I'll let me let me marinate in my thoughts here. I'm I'm going to I'm going to give two options here. I saw one person say Toronto, and that might have been that was Dalton. Um, that was Dalton, Dalton. Yeah, that's not a bad option. However, my more likely option, I'm going to say Detroit. Mm. All right. Or okay. Yeah, you say yours, I'm, and then I'll give my wild card, too. I'm just telling you where he's going to go. He's going to go San Antonio. Okay, here's my oh. wild card. Here's my wild card, though, if we want to go, if we want to, like, chaos reign. He goes to uh, Minnesota. Why is that chaos reigning? I don't know, because I don't want him to play with Rudy Gobert. I don't know. Honestly, I love the... Uh... The Spurs one. Great call, Chris. I like that one. Thanks. My nightmare scenario is he's going to go to Miami and then win finals MVP next year. Oh, no. That, don't worry. That's not going to happen. Um, all right. Jalen McDaniels. Jalen McDaniels is going to resign with the Sixers. I also agree that he will resign with the Sixers. They don't trade for him just to let him walk. They're, they're going to resign. Can, him. I concur. All right. George Niang, bang bang, George Niang. He's back as well. I, I mean, if there was a better option, I'd prefer it, but he's not a bad option. Don't tell tell George that though. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, we yeah. don't. 
I honestly think he'll be back too. Um, all right, Dwayne Deadman. Um, his couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. I was. I, well, actually, I was going to say sipping mimosas on the beach. Yeah, I don't mean that with any disrespect. I would love to retire as a millionaire and sit on my couch. That's my dream yeah. scenario. So yeah, more power to him. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. All right, Mac McClung. Um, the Delaware Bluecoats. He is <laughs> I mean, going like, to be. He's going to be the third string point guard for the Sixers. You know, Barcelona maybe. Like, why are you hating? I'm not. What, what what has he done to show that he's an NBA player? I mean, he looked good in that last regular season game, and you know, the Sixers maybe want the shine with the slam dunk stuff. The Sixers literally went and signed three other guys as two-way players, though. Yeah, that doesn't mean that they can't re-sign Mac McClung. If they know that they're losing Shake, then they you can think, re-sign Mac, Mac McClung as a regular rotation guy. I mean, like I said, I don't think... They're not going to do that. I'm, I, probably, I, 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 I mean, they might not, but one can hope. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think he'll end up back on the blue coats, honestly. <laughs> And lastly, Louis King. Uh, the I, I don't know the Rio Grande Vi- Valley Vipers, just to shake things up. Somewhere in the G League. Yeah, I, or you know, again, uh, Barcelona is a very good team. Uh, you know, Metropolitans '92 is looking for a couple guys uh, that they lost to the draft. So, yeah, uh, they would be a good option as well over in France. Okay, before we close out this segment. Um, I gotta say, I just looked looked up. Dwayne Dedman has made fifty three million dollars. Will have made fifty three million dollars in his career, and he's being paid two point seven million each of the next two years by Detroit. So he can yeah. sit on his couch and still get money. It's a really did nice they, couch. Did the Heat trade him to Detroit and then they buy him out? Is that what happened last year? I don't know. I think that's what happened. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Let's go ahead and go to the last topic. This is just general NBA thoughts where we're going to just talk about stuff that's happened in the NBA recently. Uh, Last podcast, we talked about Bradley Beal going to the Suns for Chris Paul. Chris Paul got flipped from Washington to the Golden State Warriors for Jordan Poole. I think, what was it, a protected first-round pick and a 2027 second-round pick? Yeah. So, guys, thoughts about that trade? I think it's a win-win. Good on both teams. Yeah, I mean, the Wizards got way more than the Suns got for Chris Paul, right? So, like... Oh, the Suns got Bradley Beal. Yeah, but... I mean... I'd take Bradley Beal over Jordan Poole by a significant margin. I... I guess, but, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, Washington... I, I think Poole's contract is pretty icky, but the Wizards can afford to just pay a guy for four years while they suck. And they need um, to have somebody to score, right? He's young. He still has some very real offensive potential. And, you know, you get a bunch of second-round picks, too. Uh, or, like you said, um, as far as Golden State goes, I think CP is better in the short term. You get off of Poole's contract. um while you're trying to keep Draymond and Clay and all those guys long term, you're already spending a lot of money. The new CBA is going to make it really tough to keep everyone and pay all those guys. So you really couldn't keep pool anyways. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Chris Paul is still a very good, competent player. If he's, you know, starting, coming off the bench, whatever, he's going to help them win games. And, you know, maybe with, like, a reduced workload, playing behind, like, Steph Clay, those guys, maybe he doesn't, you know, face the same injury risk that he would as, like, a full-time lead playmaker. So I, I think it's a win-win both ways. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think it's a win-win. Jordan Poole gets a fresh start, gets to be the prime uh, focus of the offense, which I think he'll do well in. You know, he's going to average like 22 points, uh, 22 shots a game. I don't know what his percentage is going to be, but somebody needs to score in Washington. Uh, Washington, you know, for the for the total haul for Bradley Beal, they got like, what, four first-round pick swaps, a, f- a protected first-round pick. If you include the trade with um, – Included what they got from for Chris Paul as well. They got Jordan Poole. They got like seven second round picks. It's not a bad haul for Bradley Beal. So I think Washington came out on top there. And then having Chris Paul as a backup, you have somebody that can carry an offense for a short time while Steph rests. So I think it's a win-win. Um, I think Chris Paul is a good backup, and like you said, it gets them off of long-term money, which will help keep Clay and Draymond and you know. Poole getting kicked, you know, traded from the Warriors probably helps Draymond stay because, you know, that just wasn't a really good situation after the whole uh, KO incident. Um, next topic, and I know Chris is going to love talking about this, Kristaps Porzingis. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc after having a career year got traded to the boston celtics in a three-team trade that landed porzingis in uh, boston along with Two first-round picks from the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies got Marcus Smart, and Washington got Tyus Jones. I think, was it a, a future second first-round pick or a second-round pick? Plus Danilo Gallinari and who was the other player that they traded? It was the end of the bench guy, too. I traded one the picks more. went to Washington. No, the two first-round picks from Memphis went oh. to, to, to Boston. Interesting. Very ridiculous. Yeah, they they traded somebody else to. Yeah. Oh, Mike Muscala. Yeah, your yeah, yeah, guy yeah. Mike Muscala got sent to uh, Washington as well. So, what do we think of that trade, guys? Um, you know, uh, Porzingis is obviously a very good player. I think it's like a really interesting move for Boston. Like basketball wise, you get another very talented rim protector, a guy who really stretches the floor and, like, changes the geometry of the offense with his shooting as, like, a 7-3 
big. Like, like Porzingis was really awesome last year in Washington, and I think he will help Boston. I'm sure the Celtics aren't done making moves. I'm not sure if they would go into the year with Porzingis and Time Lord and Horford all still on the team. Maybe they will, but they could definitely use, like, another point guard now, especially if this, like, Brogdon injury thing is a real concern. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to be really fascinated to see how that team, like, how the locker room holds up without Marcus Smart, because the vibes were not great last year. And if anyone was, like, keeping the house glued together with as, like, a culture guy, it was Marcus Smart. So that's really interesting to me. I think Smart's going to do awesome things in Memphis. I think that's a great fit for that team and what they need. Um, you know, Tyus Jones is a really, really very good point guard who can kind of help balance out some of Poole's flaws in the backcourt for Washington. Not that they're trying to win games. Maybe they just go ahead and trade him for more assets. Seems very possible. But, um, yeah, I think Washington and Memphis are in a really good spot as far as how this, you know, how this played out. Uh, and, you know, Boston probably is going to be in a good spot, too, because they're the Celtics, and, like, they are just, like, blessed by some unholy force. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm really interested in, like, the Celtics without Smart. I think that's a pretty sizable gamble, just, like, removing him from the locker room. Obviously, you're losing some perimeter defense, too. So that's really interesting to me. So let me take it. Yeah, from that perspective, Chris. Honestly, I like it as a Sixers fan because I think they just took the heart out of that team. Like, offensively, they got a lot better. They got a stretch for, uh, I think he'll fit extremely well in Boston, and I think they knew that. They obviously gave up Marcus Smart, and they had to do it at the last second uh, before Chris Stapp's, like, opt-out expired, so... I think they felt really pressed and, and they just went for it because they knew that he fits really well with this team. He'll provide some defense. He doesn't need to be the primary shot blocker with Robert Williams back there and, and Horford, obviously. Um, I think it's a great fit for Boston, but I think in terms of like having a leader on the team, I, I, they're, they're missing. And I, and I love that, honestly, as a Sixers fan. It kind of feels to me like how the Clippers felt when Paul George and Kawhi went there early on. Like they just, they got superstars. They got great players who are not like spokesperson leaders, stand-up players who are going to get in people's faces. That's what Marcus Smart's there for, and he's good enough to have that respect in the locker room. I don't yeah. think Tatum's that guy. I don't think Brown's that guy. So, honestly, I- I'm feeling pretty confident. Even though they might have gotten better talent-wise all around, I don't expect them to be a better team next year. Yeah. So, Sounds a lot like the Sixers. So, I actually – think the inverse i think removing marcus smart is good in the long term and let me explain i don't know if you guys could tell during the playoffs but marcus smart and joe missoula were butting heads a lot if you want to have a new head coach try to set up and survive you need to make sure the locker room's behind him and while marcus smart might be the heart and soul of that team that heart and soul of the team definitely choked quite a few times in the playoffs in the past and uh, he was part of the reason why he took really bad shots in the past, including against us um, or late shots. So I think and Marcus Smart, I mean, he saw himself as part of like the like on the same level. I feel like he saw himself on the same level as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, which clearly is just not the case. 
I think he's what Memphis needs because they need an adult in the locker room there, like a legit adult. And he's definitely going to be the guy that takes control there. But I think for Missoula to succeed and to maybe grow, you know, Tatum and Jalen as leaders, Smart had to go. Um, maybe that will backfire, like you guys said. I'm kind of hoping as a Sixers fan it will. But if I had to guess, I think that it's probably for the best in that regard. But I think this is one of those times that all three teams win in this trade. The, you know, Wizards got something for Porzingis. Tyus Jones, like you said, Chris, is a really good back, a really good point guard. Probably could start for a handful of teams. Probably will start for the Wizards if they don't trade them. And, you know, Memphis got better, too. They got a stopgap while Jaws serving his suspension. And he'll be a really good six man when he comes back. So, yeah, no, it's it's a win-win-win for me. Um, let's go to the next kind of big news. Former Sixer Nikola Vucevic uh, signed uh, an extension with the Chicago Bulls for three years, $60 million. That's roughly about $20 million per year. What do we think about that re-signing versus him hitting free agency? Um, you know, good for him. Uh, you know, the Bulls, you know, I continue to do whatever they're doing and they'll be a real competitive nine seed again next season. And, you know, if that's uh, what they want to do, that's that's what they're going to do, I guess. I, you know, I, I don't know what the market was for Vooch. Was he going to get 60 million over three years from another team? I, I, have my I doubt it. Yeah, I have my doubts, too. Yeah, but. Um, you know, he's, like, still a good player, still very much, like, you know, averaged almost 18 and 11 a game. Like, he's still very good, but Chicago just doesn't have the pieces to win anything significant, and they just don't have any flexibility. I feel like it's time to hit the reset button, and giving Vooch a big contract is not doing that. So, this, it's a yeah, bit this strange. Kind of felt- it felt like a sunk cost. Like they gave up two first rounds, Wendell Carter for him, and and they're kind of trying to, kind of like Tobias, right? Like, oh, we gave up too much for him. We can't. We got to at least resign him. If the uh, Sixers resign Tobias for three years and sixty million, I, no, no, no. I'm saying what they. Play. I'm saying what. Yeah, so I. I'm saying how they signed him the first time. Like Jimmy yeah, left for Miami, and it's like, oh, we gave up all these assets for these guys. We got to keep one of them, and they overpay. I kind of felt like that. Like they, it honestly yeah. felt like the Bulls were like, "Damn, we already got rid of two first and Wendell for this guy. We can't just let him walk or, or knock him." I don't know. It it didn't. It felt like they were just bidding against themselves and trying to show their fans that they didn't make a bad choice, which made even a worse choice. I mean, look, Vooch on twenty million a year is not a bad contract for him. Might be a slight overpay towards the end, but right now it's still a really solid deal. Uh, like Chris said, I don't think he was going to get uh, that money elsewhere. I just don't think there was the market. And like you said, I think it is them kind of doubling down. But at the same time, they don't have a lot of draft assets, and they don't they don't really they can't really they can't trade Lonzo Ball, who's like one of the key cogs of what made them so good that first year, because he's not going to play again next year. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's on a good contract, but do you really want to trade him? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on what you can get. And Zach Levine's on a bad contract. So, like, it's, you know, Chicago, they they bought in on this team and giving up three years in just kind of doesn't, 
I guess that doesn't really suit the front office. And obviously, I think they're kind of like desperate because if they don't make the playoffs again, then, you know, this is kind of uh, that front office regime that includes Mark Eversley, former Sixers front office personnel person. Um, it doesn't it, their jobs could be in jeopardy. So I I understand why they did it. I don't think it's a smart move, but it's not a bad price for him either. Um, side note, that second pick that they sent for uh, uh, Vooch turned into uh, Juan uh, Howard's son. It was it was his name, Jet Howard. Uh, Chris, yeah. any do you think he could do you think he could be good or do you think they just have too many forwards in Orlando where he's going to get buried? No, he, he's 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 really good. Um, not really like a defender, but really good shooter. His size has some like juice scoring off the bounce. He'll he's the kind what's, of player they needed after, especially after taking Anthony Black, who's like another big guard slash wing who can't shoot. So they they needed shooters, and that's what he'll do. And they have a lot of good defenders around him to kind of mitigate his weakness. So I I think he wouldn't have been the the shooter that I would have picked there. I thought Grady Dick was better, but he's the kind of player they should have picked. And I think Grady Dick's outfit was the most boss move. Like he just did not care. He, he embraced that. Uh, that was fantastic. I agree. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of Grady Dick, but I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of Howard too. So I thought it was a pretty good pick. They got a lot of big forwards now. They have like four. I think I think Howard can be a starter down the line. So you basically have four starting caliber forwards on that team, with Wagner and uh, Isaac and Paolo and now Howard. Orlando has to make a trade soon. I'm sorry, I'm getting off. Yeah, topic. I I don't know if we can like really factor in Isaac as like a future starter at this point. You know, that's a bit more up in the air, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, Markel and Anthony Black are very different players, but it's going to be pretty hard for both of them to coexist if one doesn't learn how to shoot. Black is the much, like, stronger bet to do that at this point, but they definitely need more shooting than they have. So I, I think Markel could be the guy who ends up getting sacrificed. Um, just is it re- they- I mean, like, he's still really, he's a starting caliber point guard. I agree. Really? I, I just like for fit reasons. I think. Oh yeah. There might be he might be the guy who gets traded for a different kind of piece to make all the all the pieces fit. Sorry, sorry, we're getting off topic here. Okay, next topic. Another Minnesota Timberwolves big man got paid. Nasri got three years, forty-two million, and um, so now the the Timberwolves are on books for not one, not two, but three centers for major money. So, is there a trade coming where they trade one of these guys? Um, maybe, maybe not right now, but further down the road. If I had to guess, all three are going to start the year on the roster. Maybe not finish the year on the roster. Who's the odd man frankly, out? It's it might just be Nas because that's a very tradable contract, and a lot of teams would probably be interested in trading for him. Um, you know. No one's going to touch that Gobert contract, so next man up would be Cat. You could probably get a fair amount for Cat still. I wouldn't trade Cat for scraps because I still think he's very good and can help your team win, and they didn't really get to see how the Gobert-Cat pairing worked last year. It's still kind of an un, 
proven, untested thing. So like another half year at least of experimentation could be worth it. Um, that still has, you know, Minnesota still has the personnel to be a very competitive team in the West, even if Gobert is sort of like diminishing returns at this point. But yeah, I, I would venture a bet that all three are going to be on the roster when the season starts, just because it's hard to find equal value for players of Cat's stature, and they can't trade Nas right, right away after signing him to an extension. So I would imagine if any trade happens, it's going to be in like February, not this summer. Yeah, I, I agree it? with Chris that they'll probably all three be on the team, especially going in. Um, but I would say Cat would be the one to look at if one of them would get traded. Yeah, it's a harder contract to trade, but I feel like there have been rumblings at times, and I don't know. I think you could get a, a decent package back, so we'll see. Yeah, I, look, I think Cat would fit na- nice next to in a couple teams. I don't know. If, he probably won't go to Miami because of Jimmy, but I do like the fit there. Maybe the Knicks. The Knicks could be an option for Cat. Um you know, there's other options too. I'm sure. I just can't think of any off. Maybe, maybe Portland goes in for Cat. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I think one of them will get traded, but probably not right away. I think they'll go in with all three. Next question is: Does this is more for Chris, Jonathan? You don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But is your is your boy Rudy Gobert going to make a bounce back, or is he on the decline? Um, you know, I reject the notion of him being. My boy, I I think that's a mischaracterization of my relationship to Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Frankly, he seems like kind of a not, you know, I don't know if I agree with Rudy Gobert on all issues off the court. Um, anyways, on the court, he's been a very good player for a very long time. I was absolutely right when I called him like the 17th best player in the world that year because he was. He was that was not, not the case last season, and. Things change, guys age, they get worse. I still think Gobert's pretty good, like probably not as bad as people are generally characterizing him as at this point, and he's still going to impact winning for Minnesota next year. He's still going to be a very good defensive player. Maybe he can bounce back and like make an all-defense team that kind of season. I think that's totally in the cards. Uh, You know, another season of like building chemistry with, Edwards, he's back with Conley now, that kind of thing. So maybe, in a sense, I don't think he's going to be like defensive player of the year, all-star Gobert again, but he could. he's going to have a, probably a pretty solid season, if I had to guess. Yeah, I don't really have any comments on Gobert. The only thing that I just think is crazy is totally off-topic, but potentially for the French uh, team in the Paris Olympics could be Gobert, Wembenyama, and Embiid. Just throw them all out there in a monster lineup. Uh, I agree. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. If Joel doesn't play for USA, which if I would was would be saying, totally no, lame. That I mean, would be a tough. crazy lineup, though. Just throw them out there. Wemby runs point. Embiid and Gobert back line. That's how Joel gets back at Jokic, is France beats Serbia in the Olympics. Until yes. that happens, I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, now we're going to go to some marquee free agents. Of course, the one that we didn't talk about in our Sixers free agent market, James Harden. Does he stay? Or does he do? He's like obviously staying. It's, you know, is what it is. 
isn't that really a better option? Uh, I mean, I think it was Windhorse or Woj who was just talking about it today. Like, he could opt in, and if he opts in, maybe the Sixers could trade him. But it's probably going to be like a four-year, $120 million extension or something. And we're not going to feel great about it. But it's better than nothing, and he still scored 40 points like twice in the playoffs. So he still has some juice left. Maybe not as much as we would like, but I think he's going to stay with Philly. Yeah. Honestly, he probably will be back. How much, like the contract determines if I'm okay with it or not. In general, I don't really want him back, but I think we have to have him back because I think he's the best option at point guard for us next season. So I I do think that, like, it's hard for me to say I want him back, but I want him back on a decent contract. I said last podcast, I don't know if you heard Chris, I, I was like, pay him whatever he wants for two years, pay him a hundred million. Like, I don't care, but do not put him on three or four year contract uh it seems obviously that he prefers the years and the team would prefer the the upfront money so if they give him a three or four year max contract like the city's gonna revolt so i I don't know but i think he'll be back i think he'll be back too um the money's gonna be the money i'm not i'm not worried about the money as much as i am the years I wouldn't give him four years. I'd give him either two with a the second year being a player option or like a three-year deal. But I wouldn't give him more than three years. Um, next one is Kyrie Irving. Where does Kyrie go? Uh, another one that seems pretty obvious, like the reporting today was that he's going to take meetings with other teams. That's probably just leverage to get more money out of Dallas. Like, he's he's going to stay with Dallas. I don't know how many teams with actual cap space really, truly want Kyrie Irving in their locker room. And the Mavs gave up stuff to get him. Like, they clearly want him back. So, I think he's going to end up in Dallas once more. Yeah, he's got to go back to Dallas. I just think that's where he should go if he wants to prove that he can be a different player than his rep. In tens, that's a good spot. He'll have a full off season to work with Luca, who looks like he's getting in shape. Uh, I expect him to be back in Dallas. I mean, the smart bet is going to say Dallas, and I'll say that, but I'm not going to count out the Lakers yet either because he said he is willing to take less than the max. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. For what? What are the Lakers? What I they mean, they could, they could do a sign and trade with D'Angelo Russell, I guess. Why Why does Dallas want to pay D'Angelo Russell money? I don't, I don't, I don't, they don't. know. They don't. don't That's a negative value asset right away. Okay. You're not not paying. No one's paying D'Lo $30 million a year. This is not going to happen. Okay. Well, anyway, next player, Fred Van Vliet. Where does he go? He's going to go to Houston, which I think is very funny. I I think that's that's probably going to be the place, too. Really? There's like $85 or whatever. They're trying to find a point guard, and he's a good culture guy. They'll win, like, 35 games instead of 20 games, and he'll help build the culture, I guess, while stealing minutes from Amin Thompson, who should be have the ball in his hands from day one. But what am I going to do? I'm not in charge of the team. You really think think he's going to go to Houston? Where do you think he's going to go? They're going to give him $90 for two years, and he's going to go to Houston. That's I mean, the thing. it's either I really don't know. I don't know where it's going to go, but I mean, well, 
The Rockets clearly want to spend big on someone. They're clearly not going to get James. Doesn't seem like they're going to get the Buck guys right now. And like Van Vliet's next on the list. <laughs> I mean, it's either Van Vliet. I mean, either Houston or maybe San Antonio. Or I don't think he's going to Detroit. I they don't need Houston any. I think it's Houston or Toronto. I think like those are going to be the two teams. The That's what I was going to say. If, if I was going to pick one, it would be Toronto. Yeah, I, I oh, think, think that's like okay. totally reasonable. I mean, I guess it's just depending on how much they're willing to pay him. Next one, Draymond Green. Does he stay? Does he go? Where does he go if he goes? Uh, I I think he stays. It's just the cap stuff for him to go to like the Lakers or whatever doesn't really work. Sacramento is the only contender with real cap space. He does not really fit with that team. At least like him and Sabonis is just kind of a funky. Yeah. It's a pairing like I'm pretty sure he would make any team better. He's a great defender and Sacramento could totally use him on that side of the ball. But I don't really see the Kings thing happening. I, I know he like loves Mike Brown and that's a real relationship. So maybe there is something there, but. I don't think he's going to go to Houston or San Antonio. What about I, the I Lakers think, or Portland? Because I've heard both of them in reports. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, Portland. Like, like I don't know. He's just you're not going to win anything in Portland if you're Draymond. I I think San Antonio would be super awesome, but I I just don't see it happening. So I I think Golden State. They're just going to resign him. I think he's. I think he's going to go back to Golden State, but I'd love to play the conspiracy theory with LeBron's going to just be like, "Yo, I'll pay you fifty mil once you retire," so he'll take the yeah. two mil. Obviously, that that can't happen. But hey, if anyone could do it, LeBron can figure it out, and he'll be like, "Yeah, just come play with me, and I'll, I got you once you retire." Uh, I mean, you can if you can clear out the salary stuff. I mean, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I think he'll end up back there. I mean, they proved like loyalty to him by getting rid of Jordan Poole. They'll have have some cap, but think they just want to keep that core together. See if they can run it back with the AARP lineup with Chris Paul, and who knows? Yeah, uh, I agree. I think he's going to go back to Golden State, though. I would, it, I would be interested to see him with the Blazers, Dame, and Jeremy Grant, and you know whoever else they have. Um, we'll see. I knew you were going to write him in there. That's why I, I was tempted to write him in there, Chris, but I wasn't sure. No. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Yeah, we can do him too. All right. Let's let's keep the uh, list. Sorry. I'm commenting as Chris is writing in more names on this list. Um, so next one, Chris Middleton. Does he stay? Does he go? He stays. I think so too. He had a bad I year. Think I don't goes. think he goes. Where does he go? I don't know, but I think he goes. I think that was like low key, like buried under the news cycle. Like obviously it was reported on, but like everything with Wemby and the draft, and then people love talk, like talking about the trades and Dame. I think that low key went under the radar, and I don't know, man. I'm I'm just saying like maybe he sees the writing on the wall that Giannis might leave in a couple of years, and he's just trying to get out early. Who knows, man? I, I I'm surprised he got me. Gave up 40 mil. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have opted out if I was him based off the injury season that he had. I My only guess is that he's opting out so he can take less to stay there longer. What, if he, goes to like, money. what if he goes to like the Knicks? What if they pay him a ton of money? They don't have the salary cap space. They would have the trade. But um, not, not impossible. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Next one. 
Brooke Lopez, does he stay? Does he go? Chris? Chris, you're on mute. Sorry, guys. For a while there, as I was saying to uh, the void, <laughs> um, it seemed like he was going to go and that like Houston was kind of looming there, but Rockets are going to have like $60 million in cap space. If they're going to pay Fred Van Vliet $40 million of that, as I just uh, predicted earlier, they probably can't like pay enough to get Lopez away from Milwaukee. So that was always weird to me in the first place because like, Shane Goon is very obviously the best player on that team right now, and you should not be paying a lot of money to a 30-year-old Brooke Lopez. To 35-year-old Brooke Lopez. Yeah, 30-plus, like, yeah. That always felt like ridiculous. Like, you know, I understand wanting to win some games now, but like, that's just felt very short-sighted to me. So, I think he's going to stay with the Bucks. I think he's going to go to Houston. I know what you're saying. If they pay Van Vliet that much money, I'm not sure they are going to pay Van Vliet that much money. But I do think that the options are obviously limited, especially after the Vucevic contract. Lopez has a little more leverage to get get big money not saying that he didn't have that before but I, I think he might go to Houston you know he actually told uh NBA today on ESPN where he wants to go and that's the Seattle Supersonics um that withstanding um clearly they're not a franchise right now um he did joke that he would want to play for them before he retires but he doesn't know if that's going to happen um I, I would probably say he goes back to Milwaukee. I just think that is such a natural fit for him and Giannis. I just, yeah, I, I don't see them letting him go because you can't survive with Bobby Portis as your full-time center, uh, full starting center anyway. So, yeah, I, I think he stays. Dang it, Chris. I was keeping him off the list for a reason. Okay, I think it's so, a fascinating. We, are, we might need to run through these a little quick. Okay, this lot, is the lot faster. Pod. It never ends. Uh, th- this is not the song that never ends. Okay, Chris, so you, we... Chris, you got editing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Russell Westbrook, does he stay with the Clippers or does he go? He stays. I think he stays too. I I think so too. I think it's just a, su- such a natural fit. I think he stays. Now, because Chris wants chaos to happen, D'Angelo Russell, where does he go? That's probably one of the biggest question marks in free agency. Where does he go? Because he's going to want to get paid, and I don't think he's going to get paid. Yeah, so where does not, he go? My, I, I, okay, go, yeah, no, I mean. No. Miami. Maybe, my, maybe Miami. I don't, you're right, Lucas. This is like one of truly the biggest decisions. I will tell you straight up, all I know is it is not the Lakers. That's the only Miami. thing that's like certain. He I don't think he's, Laker. I don't think he, I don't think he fits the Miami Heat culture. We will compete um, again in seven days when it's Miami. All right. What about like Charlotte? No, they got, got they got uh, LaMelo Ball and Dennis. Yeah, but they almost if Charlotte is Henderson. dumb enough to, take Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson because they think they need to keep the ball in the Mellow's hands, and then they sign D'Angelo Russell, I will personally drive to Charlotte and, like, I don't know what, right, what about there, but What about Indiana? I will avoid... No. No. God, no. No. Don't ruin a good thing. Uh, Atlanta? Um, what if he goes back to Minnesota? Yeah, right. Him, him, he, him and Cat are best friends. Him and Cat are best friends. Fine, back up to Mike Conley, but 
he wouldn't pass the ball to Rudy Gobert actively. Like, he said that. Well, then maybe not. Um, I don't know. Dallas on it. Maybe da- actually. I mean, no. <laughs> yes. We Boston. Don't. They kind of need a point guard. The Knicks. No. The Raptors. No. I don't think he's going to get more than, like, the mid-level exception. So a lot of I... teams can sign him. How about he goes yeah. for a one? Yeah, he'll go for okay, a one. What is, okay, what is. Okay. With a player option. Okay. Serious, serious question, guys. What is the best fit for him? Miami is about to lose Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. It's going to be Miami. Probably the Lakers. Probably the Lakers. If I was him, I'd want to go play in Miami because everyone plays better there. And yeah, he but he doesn't have to do. He, but he can't. I think Jimmy's going to destroy his per, destroy him. I don't think him and Jimmy will Good. fit. Maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he needs to be destroyed and then rebuild. No, I don't know. Okay, Built next one. Next one, Harrison Barnes. Does he stay with the Kings or do the Kings let him go and no. open up salary cap space? He's going to the Pacers. I actually think that that's a possibility because him and Rick Carlisle have a really good relationship. I this agree. This leads into the next guy on the list, but he's going to go to Wait, the Pacers. Why not? Uh, why not back to Golden State on a cheap salary? No, nah, he's not doing that because he's going to get paid. He's also very salty about the Golden State thing. I think he should go. I actually think he should stay with the Kings, though. He's kind of like the he elder should statesman stay. on that, that team. But the Kings might not bring him back, is what I'm supposing. Yeah, I, I'm guessing that, too, because they want to open up salary cap space. For the next guy on the list, Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, Kings. <laughs> I think, I think. yeah, look, I think it's a better fit. You have a, a perimeter score there. Kuzma had a great year in Washington. I mean, it will definitely stunt the growth of Keegan Murray, which I'm not happy about. No, I, I mean, Keegan... they play together. I mean, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, hard. it takes. No, no, I'm just saying, like, Keegan Murray, I think, could be that guy, that third guy, if you allow him to develop. But Kyle Kuzma uh, won't let that happen. No. But anyway, uh, I mean, Houston. Like... Houston. That's where I'm going. Sure. Kyle Kuzma. And I, well, nah, I, just make, I think that would be kind of stupid from Houston's perspective, but I could see them doing it. Um,. Outside of, yeah, Harrison Barr. Yeah. Uh, if you have Jabari Smith, Tari Eason, and Cam Whitmore on your roster and you give Kyle Kuzma like $25 million a year, you're yes. not a well-run team. But No, you're not. Looking. That's where he's going to land. I'm trying to think of – well, okay, here's another wild card. What about Kuzma to – um, to Utah. I know they just landed uh, John Collins, no. but... Yeah, no. I mean, they're not going to pay him to come off the bench. What no, about probably. Kuzma to Boston? Mm-mm. Nah. They, have, they have too many bigs already. Like, in Tatum, Brown, or forwards, really, like... No. Plus, they don't have the money. I, I think it's either Sacramento, Indiana, Houston. or... Maybe Houston or San Antonio. Like, it's going to be one of those four teams. Maybe he goes back to Washington and just, like, puts up numbers, but... And then they trade him later. Yeah, I'm thinking Indiana or Sacramento is where this is going. And wherever he goes, Barnes will end up in the other place. I don't disagree. All right, last topic before we're done. Chris gets to choose the topic because, well, it's Chris. So, Chris... What do you want to talk about before we wrap up this podcast? Um, 
Well, I mean, you all already know what I want to talk about. I don't really know, like, the entry point into the conversation. But just, just, just like a ram- band-aid. Just rip it off. How about just them start. Thunder, baby? Uh, oh, man. What a cool team. Goodness. They're going to be so good next year. I'm calling it right now. On this podcast, on the record for all to hear, this is in the public domain of information. The Oklahoma City Thunder next season will be a top four seed in the Western Conference. I will take that to the bank. I will bet they will. I would bet so much that they will not. And the last bet we had on this podcast that the Lakers that would go not? farther than the Thunder, you lost that one that is also public record, that you had the Thunder going farther than the Lakers, and you did not follow through right, on well, whatever you... Hold on, let's do it real quick. Number one seed, Denver. Number two, Memphis. Phoenix. Maybe Sacramento, Phoenix. One Chris, of the- I will... Chris, I will tell you there's no shot the Thunder are a top four seed. I will bet I will right bet now. you anything. Hey, hey, Jonathan, Jonathan, you want me to destroy Chris's night? Team that drops. Okay, go for it. Chris, Chris, you know there's no way that Holgrim can win rookie of the year now. There's totally a way. <laughs> there's Wimby not play sixty five games. Unless Wemby doesn't play enough games. games. Ineligible. Per the new CBA, so why would Wemby not play sixty-five games? Yeah, I don't know. he says he wants he wants he says he wants to play every I mean, game possible. Injury, all things are possible. There's totally uh, a path to it happening. Well, let's think about it. Who already has a long-term injury on their record, Wemby or Chet? You are absolutely correct that Wemby is the favorite. Wemby is like an all-time amazing player. He's like Chet on steroids. I get it, but. Chet will be number two, which is fine by me. He's going to be... So he's going to be ahead of any everybody else in the draft. Chet is going to be an important part of a top four seed in the Western Conference next year. He's so, not. They're not going to be Chris, the top four seed. Chris, you listed anything. four teams that are better. Than... Again, I don't know if we can talk betting, but after the podcast, I will bet you anything you want that, they're, that the Thunder are not top four. That is a crazy take. Uh, no, uh, no, you said four. Fine, top how, four. I'll how about stand, I'll stand on it. How how about this? How about this? I still have that Ben Simmons shirt that Uriah got me. Whoever <laughs> loses that bet has to take a picture and use that as their profile. I already picture. own a Ben Simmons jersey and an Al Horford jersey. You're gonna have to do better than that. All right. Well, we will figure this out all there. Okay. But all right. We have we have taken let, this long podcast, but it's absolutely worth. Time out. I'm sorry. One more thing. Chet is going to be an immediate defensive anchor, really high-level defender right away. He's an amazing defensive player. That's what they need. But he's taking minutes away from Poku. That is what it is. Second year (laughs) jump from j Another leap from Giddy. Shea is already a top-ten player. They have the superstar engine. Lou Dort. An all-defensive kind of guy. Kaysen Wallace, if I had to bet on, like, three, four rookies to actually be, like, positive impact winning players as rookies, he's one of them. Amazing defender, shoots, doesn't make mistakes. He's going to be a rotation player for a top-four seed as a rookie. (laughs) OKC is a sick team, man. They have depth at every position. They have a lot of guys who can do a lot of different things. You, you know, there's one thing that they don't have quality quality stuff at. 
But they don't have a quality head coach. They do. Mike Dag- Mark Dagenault is a great head coach. I don't know, man. <laughs> what are we I talking don't know. about? How he's a top three coach of the year guy. Anyway, Chris, we gave you we gave you your choice of topic. Mike Malone had this great quote during the playoff run with Denver that specialists don't play in the playoffs. You can't be a specialist. None of OKC's guys, save for maybe Dort, who's going to be replaced by Kaysen, who's better. None of those guys are specialists. They can all do multiple things with the ball offensively. They can all handle, pass, dribble, shoot. That's a sick, sick, super versatile, awesome team. They have depth. They're young. They have young legs. They're going to be a top four seed. They have a great coach. Right. I believe Mark Daginot. I'm I'm standing on it, guys. <laughs> All right, Chris, you can stand on it. And yeah. All right. Well, we clearly have a very long podcast tonight. Absolutely worth it. I hope you got to the end because obviously it's great when Chris comes back. Next time he comes back, we'll just we'll just no agenda. Give him the floor for an hour to talk about the Thunder and Jokic. Um. But, Chris, why don't you play us out tonight? As always, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Sixer Sense podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow along if you can. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Audible. Or you can listen at our website, thesixersense.com. We can also be found on Twitter and Facebook at Sixer Sense. Uh, so, yeah, until next time, everyone, peace out. Go Sixers, and I will be back sometime in the future to talk more about the Oklahoma City Thunder, everyone's favorite team. Uh, so, yeah. Bye, guys. Nice Bye, Chris. <laughs> Bye, everybody. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.